Today is July 14th, 2021, and our first story. Communists in Cuba have open fired on peaceful protesters, according to some reports. There's also an independent journalist who is seen on live television being arrested. The communists seem to be losing control in Cuba, and this could be the end of their regime. In our next story, a strange circumstance in Toledo as a George Floyd memorial was struck by lightning on an otherwise sunny day. Clouds, a storm formed over this building. Lightning strikes the memorial, destroying it. The building is structurally sound, and many people are calling this an act of God. In our last story, across France, protesters are rising up against vaccine passports, and police have responded with tear gas. Now, before we get started, leave us a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like this show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. Quote, the communists have lost control. Cuba is descending into chaos as protests erupted across the country and have now devolved into riots as people are pushing back against the communist regime, chanting things like liberty, freedom and down with dictatorship. Of course, in the U.S., we're hearing the media say that they're protesting no food and they're protesting covid No, these people are protesting the dictatorship, the authoritarian regime of their country, which resulted in a failure to get supplies and a lack of food. We're now getting reports that the communists have opened fire, live ammunition on many of these demonstrators. One person has died, but other witnesses are saying that hundreds are being beaten, jailed or even disappeared. And there are many who are missing in a shocking turn. An independent journalist on live television speaking with a Spanish TV journalist was detained, arrested and taken from her home on live television. It's hard to know exactly what's going on in Cuba because communists do not want people to find out what is going on. Now, I can't sit here and pretend that the current Democratic Party or the law enforcement agencies in the US are perfect. In fact, they're far from it. They're pretty bad. But we do have substantially more press freedoms. We'll see how things play out, however. There are some reports the Biden administration is going to be putting out a list of extremist influencers, conservatives, that the insurrectionists were following. Now, I'm not going to speak too much about the U.S., but I want to highlight, you know, these things can happen here. But at least for now, what's happening in Cuba seems to be that the Communist Party is faltering. They've shut down the Internet in an attempt to stop people from spreading information. Ron DeSantis of Florida said he wants to find a way to supply these individuals in Cuba with access to the internet. Strangely, however, the Democrats have come out and basically said they will not accept any refugees from Haiti or Cuba at this time, and they will be sent to other third-party countries. It's very strange considering they allow many others to just basically enter the country. And the Biden administration was recently exposed in a videotape smuggling migrant children into other states in the dead of night. Some have criticized the Biden administration because, well, they've said that these Cubans who are coming into Florida, they're likely not going to support Democrats politically or their family members likely won't be voting for Democrats. So, of course, the Democrats don't want those people to actually come to the U.S. I think what we're seeing here in the U.S. is also very bad with prices skyrocketing. You take a look at what's happening in Cuba. And the media wants to say it's food shortages and COVID. 
Well, here in the United States, we have an economic shutdown. We have massively exploding prices and a consumer price index skyrocketing, gas prices skyrocketing. We may be dangerously on this path. So we need to make sure we're paying attention to what's going on in South Africa, as well as Cuba. And as it pertains to Cuba, this is something much, much bigger. I mean, Cuba has been under communist rule for decades, for generations. This could be the end. We don't know for sure. Let's read the news and see exactly what's going on. Why are they killing people? Where are these people being detained? I think we understand what communists do. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com, become a member to help support our fierce and independent journalism, and you will get access to exclusive members-only podcasts from the TimCast IRL show, where we talk about a lot of things that YouTube would actually ban us for. But we're expanding rapidly. We have a new website launching soon, hopefully within the next week or so. And we've got a ton of new journalists and we're going to be doing on the ground reporting as well as producing new cultural content. That's with your support as a member over at TimCast.com. But don't forget, like this video right now, subscribe to this channel, hit that notification bell and share this video with your friends and family and anybody who's willing to listen, post it on social media. The same is true for any other video on YouTube you watch. If you truly support the messaging and the, and the, and the, and the content being produced, sharing it overcomes the censorship, which is getting a lot worse. And you need only look to places like Cuba because we, we, if we do not stay vigilant and push back against what's going on, it could affect us here in the United States. Let's read this first story and see exactly what's happening. The Daily Mail reports, quote, the communists have lost control. First Cuban demonstrator is killed after police open fire on peaceful protest while anti-government reporter is arrested live on TV as unrest continues. They say Diubis Lorenzo Tejeda, 36, died on Monday in a suburb of Havana during a clash between protesters and police. The interior ministry said, the ministry said Tejeda was part of a group of protesters that had attacked a government facility in the La Guinera neighborhood of Havana and did not say what caused his death. But witnesses said security forces had responded with gunfire after some demonstrators had thrown rocks at them. I think the communists have lost control. They won't have a solution to the situation, said resident Waldo Herrera, 49. The people are tired of so much humiliation, so much repression. Meanwhile, Social media activist Dina Stars was arrested live on television by Cuban security forces while speaking with Spain TV host Marta Flitch on Tuesday about the protest. Thousands of Cubans took to the streets on Cuba on Sunday while chanting down with the dictatorship in the biggest anti-government demonstrations on the communist run island in decades. Cubans are protesting over high prices and food shortages and other grievances against the government, such as their handling of the pandemic. The protest continued on Monday in the southern Havana suburb of La Guinera, where Tejeda died and several others, including members of the security forces, were hospitalized with injuries, according to state-run media. I'm going to pause for a second and reflect on the political differences, I suppose, between what's happening here and what's happening in Cuba. You know, we saw Antifa and BLM destroy buildings and attack police and government buildings. We saw people in D.C. riot at the Capitol. We absolutely have tumult and unrest. And ultimately, it doesn't matter what tactic you use, because if one side supports your cause, they'll support your actions. A good example is the Gravel Institute. The Gravel Institute seeks to be the left wing response to PragerU. They have many celebrities who are doing videos for them. After the insurrection, they call it at the Capitol, Gravel post, the Gravel Institute tweeted, 
that they supported the tactics, but not the people. You see the issue here. Many of these leftists will act like they oppose the actions of those at the Capitol, but they absolutely support the actions, just not the individuals and the ideology they represent. When we're looking at individuals clashing with communist dictatorship, we in the United States typically support those fighting against the regime. And let me explain something to you. I'm not a fan of throwing rocks. I'm not a fan of violence and the destruction of property and, 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 and everything like that. But there's a big difference between what's happening in the U.S. and what's happening in Cuba. The people in Cuba get disappeared. They get arrested on live television. And we have similar things here in the U.S., don't get me wrong. But we do have substantially more press freedoms. And for the most part, you won't be shot and killed by the police during a protest. Now, the police, I think, actually, in the George Floyd riots, the cops were more likely to be shot than the rioters themselves, because the police here use crowd control weapons, not live ammo, for the most part. There are certainly circumstances where the police may and why, where citizens may start using live ammo. But when you cross that threshold is when you start to recognize that things may be going south. In South Africa right now, there's, there's, there's audio circulating where they say they're running out of ammo. The rioters are burning down different cities and buildings. It's getting really, really bad. I'm not a fan of the destruction. I'm not a fan of the chaos and the clashes. I don't like to hear that someone lost their life. But the communists of Cuba are the ones who escalate. We can certainly respect the right of individuals to protest, mass noncompliance, the shutting down of, of, of roads. Now, a lot of conservatives don't, but I think civil disobedience is a good thing because those who make peaceful revolution impossible make violent revolution inevitable. So I'll put it simply, politically, principally, and based on my philosophy, I support those who would fight against communist dictatorship. I will not su support communist revolutionaries in my country trying to burn down our buildings. I also will not support the corrupt establishment and their intelligence agencies that violate people's rights in an effort to maintain power because they may as well be the communists. And in fact, it may be that many of them actually are at this point. And so it's funny when you see that they're fighting amongst themselves, basically. They go on to say in uh, the, at the Daily Mail, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply hundreds had taken to the streets of Laguinera shouting slogans like down with communism and freedom for the people of Cuba according to two residents and video footage seen by Reuters some started throwing rocks at security forces who eventually responded with gunfire said Herrera a witness saw dozens of police carrying sticks departing La Guin Guinera late Monday 
Activists say the government is using so-called rapid reaction brigades, government organized bands of civilian recruits to counter protesters. The protest in La Guinera was spearheaded by anti-social and criminal elements that had tried to reach the police station with the aim of attacking its officials and damaging infrastructure, said the state-run Cuban news agency. Doesn't this sound familiar? But hey, the Communist Party of Cuba, it's a dictatorship. People are fleeing Cuba to America. So let me put it very simply. I don't like the burning down of buildings. I can say it a million times. But my main opposition is to the communist insurrectionists and their communist allies in other communist countries. It's mostly about authoritarians. I don't care if you're a communist or a fascist, you're bad. In the United States, Antifa and BLM are more akin to communists. I say that because they don't overtly call themselves communists nor adhere to the communist party necessarily. But basically, when we see the communist dictatorship in Cuba, it is those elements. And we have the DSA supporting them. The Democratic Socialists of America International Committee tweeted out the DSA stands with the Cuban people and their revolution in this moment of unrest and the blockade. They are not saying they support the protesters. When they say they support the revolution, they're talking about the communists who control the country. No, the DSA people in this in the United States, their Antifa allies and Black Lives Matter cannot be allowed to win. And so they must be stopped. Because it really is, at the end of the day, about ideology and opposing authoritarianism. I'll oppose the authoritarianism, authoritarianism from Biden and our law enforcement agencies, as well as extremist communists. They go on to say, the protest in La Guinera was spearheaded by antisocial elements, they said. When security forces stopped them, they vandalized homes, set containers on fire, and damaged the suburbs' electricity wiring, attacking officials with stones and other objects, the agency said. I'm not a fan of that. They should not be attacking homes. On Tuesday, Stars, who has been vocal in her criticism of the government, was arrested while speaking about the protest from her home in Cuba. During the interview, her friend is seen telling her that the police were waiting outside her home and forced her to end the interview. Security is out there. I have to go out, Stars told Marta Flitch. As Stars stands up, she said, I make the government responsible for whatever happens to me. Stars returns moments later to the video interview to tell Flitch that she has been taken. She's being taken by the police officers to the station. She was unsure whether she was being arrested, but said she was being taken alone without her friends. They're taking me to police HQ live via Spain. I will hold the government responsible for whatever happens to me, she informed viewers. That's a scary thought. When the government shows up to your house and says, get in the car, that could be your end. You don't know what they'll do to you. Additional footage posted on Twitter appears to show stars being escorted by two police officers into a vehicle outside her building. Before her arrest, stars tweeted out that she had been called by the interior ministry to request a meeting. And when she refused, they said they would serve her legal summons. She tweeted, I have just been called on the phone by people from the MININT, the Ministry of the Interior of the Republic of Cuba, who at the time summoned me to meet. I said no. They told me that they were going to give me a legal summons. As soon as I get the summons, I will attend with my head held high. I have nothing to hide. I keep you up to top. It was unclear whether stars had been released by the police. The activists alleged arrest. The activists alleged arrest comes after after two days of protests in Cuba, which the government blame on the U.S. On Sunday, Cubans marched on Havana's Malacan Promenade and dwelt elsewhere on the island to protest food shortages, restrictions on civil liberties, the government's handling of the pandemic and soaring inflation 
which some economists believe could hit 900% this year. The mayor of Miami, Francis Suarez, said on Tuesday that U.S. President Joe Biden should consider airstrikes on Cuba in support of Havana dissidents living in the United States. Talk of possible American military action in Cuba prompted warnings Tuesday from Iran, Russia, and China. Could this be the catalyst for Thucydides' trap or the catalyst in the fourth turning? Maybe. Maybe it's not really a good answer, though, is it? Just suffice it to say that we are sitting in a dangerous predicament. We are on the edge of war and have been for some time. Now, things getting pretty scary. Alleged witness asks Florida friend to let world know police brutality followed Havana protest. Vito Lanave said his friend in Cuba was panicking. The South Florida resident said his friend in Havana sent him text messages asking him to tell his friends in Miami that Cuban police officers were arresting, beating, and killing unarmed civilians. Lanave, an 81-year-old New Yorker of Italian descent, said he made many Cuban friends while he, was a, while he was a member of an organization in Hialeah. He learned how to use an encrypted app to stay in touch with those who went back to Havana to be with family. Cuban officials did not report the alleged violence during a Monday news conference. On Sunday night, Lanave received text messages from a friend in Havana. Quote, my life and my families could be at risk. Things are getting out of hand here, his friend wrote, later adding. I have video of the government killing civilians. Please, they're killing us. Lanave shared two videos he said were from witnesses of police brutality. He said witnesses who didn't participate in the protests were afraid to go public. Lanave said he told his friend to stay home and avoid speaking English because he could be wrongly accused of working for the U.S. government. It's real bad. He is never in that much panic. He said he witnessed a couple people being shot. Lanave said, he said a policeman shot somebody in the head. We are getting reports that they have opened fire on these protesters, some of whom who are waving the American flag down with communism. Lanave said that there are more witness videos, but since the Cuban government disrupted internet connections, it has been impossible to smuggle out the videos. Patrick Oppmann, CNN's Havana-based correspondent, said locals know the government shuts down the internet to shut up critics. But Cuban officials haven't talked about the tactic. Not that I like CNN or believe what they're reporting. NetBlock says, confirmed, social media and messaging platforms disrupted in Cuba from Friday to Monday on state-run internet provider CubaCell. Network data corroborate reports of outages amid protests for artistic freedom in Havana. Incident duration around three days. Andy Gomez a retired professor of Cuban studies at the University of Miami and other, ex- and other experts said the government's repression after the protest is not surprising. They don't want the images that we saw yesterday being shown around the world, said Gomez, the former dean of international studies at UM. Lanave said his friend in Havana also told him that he is pretty certain there are foreign nationals working with Cuban police. He told him there are witnesses who said some of the officers were dressed as civilians, had strong accents, Russians, he saw how they looked. He said it sounded like they were Russian, Lanave said. Orlando Gutierrez Baronet of the Cuban Democratic Directorate, a Miami-based organization that advocates for democracy in Cuba, Nicaragua, and Venezuela, said he fears Russians and Chinese agents will help Cuban police officers enforce a violent crackdown. We are asking for the international community led by the United States to intervene to protect the Cuban people from a bloodbath, Gutierrez Baronet said during a news conference Monday 
in Miami-Dade County. Gomez and Michael Bustamante, an assistant professor of Latin American history at Florida International University, agreed with Gutierrez Baronet, who earned a doctorate from UM on the philosophy of international studies. Quote, it seems difficult or unlikely on the surface that things w- would continue at the kind at, at kind of the pace they did yesterday, given that government security forces are clearly out in force. Lanave said that vi- the violence and fear his friends are experiencing needs a response from Americans who care about human rights. He said Cuba has a special place in his heart. Havana was the paradise of North America in the late 1950s, before communism took hold. Lanave said he and his friends used to take a bus from New York to Florida. He said they traveled to Key West, where they would hop on a ferry to enjoy the nightlife in Havana. Out of Key West, there were two or three ferry boats. You would drive your car right onto the ferry. And when you got to Cuba, you drove it off. Everybody went to the Tropicana. It was loaded with Americans and Europeans. It was like Las Vegas. Lanave said he traveled to Cuba again when Americans were allowed back to the island. His friends had warned him the glitz had faded and the patina had turned into ruin. Still, he said he was shocked to see how empty the stores were. I saw the desperation in people's faces, said Lanave, who has a practice as a life coach. <clears throat> Lanave said he met his Cuban re- friend's relatives. He said he met an unpaid, underpaid surgeon who was going to work on a bicycle and a physician who was hitchhiking, hitchhiking to work. He has thought about them during the coronavirus pandemic. It was a shame the amount of suffering and pain that these people were at because they wouldn't even look you in the eye, Lanave said, adding it was alarming to think the situation had gotten any worse. Now I'll tell you, I don't trust a lot of this reporting. I don't know for sure, but that's why it's a problem that Cuba shut down the internet. If they are are on the right side of history, if they are actually defending the revolution and the people, let the people speak. You see, on the internet, it's not just dissidents who have a chance to speak or show videos. It's everyone. And if the overwhelming majority of people in Cuba support what's happening and oppose the rioters and the protesters, they'd say so, wouldn't they? They'd show videos of the rioters smashing windows and starting fires. No, the government shut down the Internet so that no one could speak. Why? Because it's probably the truth that people in Cuba are revolting against communist dictatorship. Hey, don't take it from me. How about Brian Stelter of CNN who tweeted, Restricting internet access has become a tied, a tried and true method of stifling dissent by authoritarian regimes around the world, alongside government supported disinformation campaigns and propaganda. Sound familiar? Amazing to hear it come out of Brian Stelter's mouth. The guy is as duplicitous as they come. Yeah, that's what they're doing in the US. They're stifling dissent on, online. You can't even have opinions about the election on YouTube. So they say, we don't we shouldn't make, let them shut down the Internet. But in the U.S., they should because I'm a private company. Sure, Brian. Sure. Ron DeSantis says he wants to provide Internet, Internet access to Cuba to get around their government shutdown. Now, my understanding is they've restarted the Internet. We don't know for sure. Um, I think it is being reported, however. DeSantis said Thursday he wants Florida companies to provide Internet connection to residents in Cuba as the island entered its third day of protests amid widespread Internet shutdowns that have hindered the flow of information. Quote, what does the regime do when you start to see these images? They shut down the Internet. They don't want the truth to be out. They don't want people to be able to communicate, said DeSantis during a roundtable with Republican lawmakers and members of the Cuban exile community community in Miami. And so one of the things I think we should be able to do with our private companies or with the U.S. is to provide some of that Internet via satellite. We have companies on the Space Coast that launch these things. 
without providing details on how to turn on remote hotspots to give Cubans Wi-Fi connection, DeSantis added he would make some calls to see what are our options to make it happen. I don't exactly know what you could do. You know, if you stay off of Cuban international waters, you can try to broadcast, uh, set up some uh, cell towers and try and capture some data and broadcast some kind of cell network. But the phone's got to be programmed for it. So they might have to spoof some towers. It doesn't sound too easy. I don't know what their solution is going to be. I think the people of Cuba are just going to have to fight against the communist authoritarians rise up and they're going to have to win. I'm a big fan of peaceful noncompliance, nonviolent civil disobedience and resistance. But when you have authoritarian communists shooting and killing people, I don't know what you do. See, in the U.S., we don't have that. The cops arrest people and they get cut loose right away. You see how this works? You see who the good guys are? The police in this country got a lot of problems in the United States. Don't get me wrong. They definitely need reform. They make the arrests of these people and the DAs just cut them loose. So the problem, I suppose, is that their allies, the authoritarians, are actually in the government and providing them with leeway. Because you can see how the government goes after the January 6th dissidents. Russia criticized this as well. That's my fear, that the elements of the Democratic Party have lost it, and they're going to start implementing not too dissimilar things. Now, the mayor of Miami has gone a little bit further than I think anybody should. Mediaite reports mayor of Miami on bombing Cuba. That option is one that has to be explored. No, I'm not so sure about that. I don't think we need to explore bombing Cuba. Okay, let's take the, 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 the light approach here and say, we'll have a conversation about it, I suppose, but I don't see any circumstance in which that makes sense. First and foremost, we are in fourth and fifth generational warfare, and China, Iran, and Russia are warning us about military intervention. So what do you do? Nothing. We're not Cuba. We're not Cubans. We're Americans. America should not be intervening in all of these other foreign affairs. Now, I understand there's a lot of people in Florida who are Cuban, who are in exile, but that's just it. You're in exile. The rest of this country should not get trapped up in foreign entanglements for your personal worldview. I sympathize, I empathize with the people of Cuba, and I hope they defeat the authoritarians. But imagine if we let in massive groups of people from one country, and then they all vote, or at least apply pressure that pushes us in a direction to support them. What will this country be other than forever the world police? America is supposed to be its own country, protecting its own borders. That's not what we are at this point. Media reports, Mayor, Miami Mayor Francis Suarez appeared on Fox News Tuesday to offer suggestions of the United States how, uh, on how the U.S. should respond to Cuba, where tens of thousands of protests have risen up. Quote, it is difficult for any elected official, Republican or Democrat, not to take the side of the Cuban people when they see images of people risking their lives protesting in the streets, he said. What should be being contemplated right now is a coalition of potential military action in Cuba similar to what happened in both, in both administrations, in both Republican and Democratic administrations. And Republican, with Bush in Panama, they deposed Noriega. And that country had peaceful democracy for decades. And you had interventions by a Democratic president when they, when they took out a terrorist and saved probably, oh, I'm sorry, uh, taking out Osama bin Laden in Pakistan. It's a sovereign country where they took out a terrorist and saved probably thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of lives. President Clinton in Kosovo intervening in a humanitarian issue with airstrikes. So there have been many, many opportunities in the history of, are you suggesting airstrikes in Cuba? McCallum interrupted. What I'm suggesting is that that option is one that has to be explored and cannot be just simply discarded as an option that is not on the table. Suarez responded. 
And there's a variety of ways the military can do it. But that's something that needs to be discussed and needs to be looked at as a potential option, in addition to a variety of other options that can be discussed. Not a fan at all. But let me tell you, there are people in Cuba. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. They want to escape communism. I believe we should allow them to have refugee status. I've said the same thing for the actual refugees coming from through Mexico and from Honduras or wherever. The issue is that 90 plus percent of the people coming from the, to, to, the, to, to the southern border are not actual refugees. We can look at what's happening in Cuba and see that people are scared. They could be disappeared killed. And if they want to come to Florida and Florida agrees to accept them, that should be the case. However, the Democrats don't think so. We have this tweet from Buck Sexton, uh, quoting Tom Elliott, DH secretary Ali Mayorkas threatens fleeing Cuban refugees, quote, allow me to be clear. If you take if you take to the sea, you will not come to the U.S. Again, I repeat, do not risk your life attempting to enter the United States illegally. You will not come to the United States. That's strange. What was Joe Biden saying about the people at the border? What has Kamala Harris been saying about the people at the border? All right. Recently, Kamala Harris said, do not come. Do not come. Yeah, when Trump said it, they, they called him a racist. What about these people? The Biden administration ended Trump's remain in Mexico policy. So now the people who come from the southern border are being allowed into the U.S. And we even saw a video where the Biden administration was smuggling children, trafficking them. That's human trafficking. They, they, there's a video of them trafficking children into Tennessee. It was secret human smuggling. That is human trafficking. And the Republicans in Texas, uh, Tennessee were shocked. They didn't know what was happening. Under the, uh, it, it, it's, 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 it's illegal what they're doing. Violating state sovereignty and their laws. It's disgusting and horrifying. Now I wonder. I wonder what comes next for us. This is sparked by high food prices, a lack of opportunity, a crumbling economy. And what do we have in the United States? There's a story right now about the Delta variant. This uh, TV personality got very sick, apparently, even though she was fully vaccinated. I don't know what to say all about that, but there's concern that the lockdowns may come back. 
but I don't think it's so much to do with the lockdowns necessarily. I mean, the lockdowns already did their damage. They destroyed, what, tens of thousands of small businesses. Now people are dependent on big box stores and massive corporations. And many people are just effectively destitute. The homeless population has been climbing because people couldn't live this way. You know, middle class people were able to survive a lot of the lockdown. Lower working, lower, lower class people working hour to uh, you know, hourly and paycheck to paycheck. What happens when they couldn't afford anything anymore? The homeless, po- homeless population started skyrocketing. The cost of food is skyrocketing. And where does that leave, leave us? The Twitter account for America says, thanks, Joe, and shows this consumer price index, index uh, uh, all the percentage increases. Price increases, economy reopens. June consumer price index year over year. Car rentals, 87%. Used cars, 45%. Gas, 45%. Airfare, 24%. Bacon is up 8%. Fruit is up 7%. Shoes, 6.5. Fresh fish, 6.4. Milk up 5%. It's going to hit everybody. Is it possible that we are entering some kind of very serious chaotic time? Yeah, it is. Joe Biden keeps bringing up the Civil War. Joe Biden said that we are facing our greatest political uh, challenge since the Civil War. Joe Biden said It no longer matters who votes. It matters who counts the votes. Biden said that. So years ago, when I said that this conflict, the culture war will reach the highest level of government, and I had so many conservatives and leftists saying, it's not true, you're an idiot. And now Joe Biden has been espousing the leftist rhetoric and flat out says it matters only who counts the votes. That is fascism. Okay, Joe Biden, maybe not a fascist because they want more global domination, but I guess the fascists did too, whatever. Now, Joe Biden is a crackpot authoritarian who will take power by any means necessary. And they say the same thing to Trump. So I'll tell you this, I think one side is objectively correct when we look at the Democrats and say they're insane, but the sentiment is that both sides are looking for war or at least looking at war. You look at Cuba, man. Don't be surprised if what's happening in South Africa and Cuba does come here. It'll look different. The people in the United States own a lot of guns. So it'll be interesting as the curse goes. May you live in interesting times. You know, early 1700s, what I call it interesting times, not all that much. Most people's lives were routine. Wake up, go farm, go home, go to sleep. Wake up, go farm, go home, go to sleep. Now, we're trapped in interesting times. Communication technology is rampant. Our technological advancement has brought us to the point where we mass produce food and we have obese homeless people. We're in interesting times. We're facing a very serious moral, philosophical, and political crisis. Joe Biden is not the answer. He's a problem. I'm not entirely convinced Trump would be the answer. I don't know for sure. I can just tell you that uh, as the SPLC likes to drag me because I noted that civil war seems inevitable, because a bunch of right-wing individuals were wearing shirts calling for a second civil war, they insult me over an observation. I don't want a civil war to happen. I want people to chill and go watch movies and have a good time. But what happens when you have Princeton professors, leftists saying we're in a cold civil war? What happens when you have national security experts three years ago saying we are, we are very likely going to enter a civil war? What happens now when you have Joe Biden saying we're going to make a list of people who are right-wing extremists? We're facing the greatest threat since the Civil War, the insurrectionists. And the FBI says, rat out your friends and neighbors. Where do you think all of that goes? We'll see. 
I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up uh, tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see you all then. Yesterday in Toledo, Ohio, a George Floyd memorial was destroyed. The day was sunny with scattered clouds, yet somehow this mural collapsed. Witnesses say the mural was struck by lightning and destroyed. Doppler radar showed that a lightning strike did occur in the area. Could this be divine intervention or coincidence? I mean, a lot of people want to look at this like it's a sign. Well, you know, the reality is, oh, lightning strikes happen all the time and we don't care what they hit. And the one time a lightning strike actually hits something that is political, people say it's divine intervention. But either way, it's a bit of a spooky story considering I actually went and checked the weather when I heard the story. Okay, I don't live in Toledo, Ohio. When I heard that witnesses said a lightning strike destroyed the George Floyd mural, I decided uh, based on these photographs, you can see here, the mural destroyed. Notice the ground. What is, what is the ground? Do you notice anything about the sidewalk? It's dry. And I thought to myself, why, why is the ground and the street, uh, the street's a little wet. It is. But why is the sidewalk dry? I mean, was there a thunderstorm in the area? I mean, you, you, you can look, you can see, I guess, clouds in the sky. It's cloudy. But a thunderstorm? Lightning? All right. Now, I don't know about all that divine intervention stuff, but uh, I, I will say one of the weirdest things are the people who comment claiming that I'm an atheist when I'm literally not. And we do full podcast episodes on TimCast.com about my belief in God and all that stuff. I'm not a, well, I guess I'm not a, a theist. I don't follow Christianity or any specific religion, but I absolutely believe in God. And I think it's funny when you hear people talk about simulism, that we are living upon this, inside this great construct created by some smarter and more advanced being or race. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And anyway, some people believe that uh, we're in a simulation. It's all orchestrated. People joke about it, but people kind of like, kind of think it's, it's, it's really that way, right? So I checked the weather and I'll tell you this. When you pull up the past weather in Toledo, Ohio, you can see that on Tuesday, July 13th, it was sunny with scattered clouds. Humidity was 77%. And from, from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m., that was it. 73 to 70 degrees. Wow, that's a big drop from the high. And a humidity of 90%. I don't know. Maybe it was just a, 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 flur- a, a, a little burst, a little, a little thunderstorm appeared. But doesn't that still make you think? Because even, even without rain, when I, fir- when I first saw this, I asked people like, hey, you notice the ground's dry, right? You can see the street is a little bit wet and the sidewalk appears to have been wet previously. So it rained just a little bit on a sunny day and a lightning strike hit the George Floyd mural and destroyed it. And I'll tell you this, man, people are absolutely going to tell you it's a sign. I mean, there are people posting comments saying things like, don't worship false idols and things like that. Look, I I I think very few people, very, very few are happy that George Floyd died. I think there's a larger portion of people who just don't care that he died. And then I think most people, the overwhelming majority, are upset that somebody died. I mean, somebody losing their life is a tragedy. But George Floyd was not a saint. He was not a good person. He was chewing a speedball behind the wheel of a car. If he started driving, he could have seriously hurt somebody. He was trying to use counterfeit money. Now, that doesn't mean he should die. I mean, I don't want, I, I personally don't even believe in the death penalty. 
but he was not a good person to, to for people to worship and to put his mural up and to build statues in his name is actually rather horrifying. It is. Here's the story from ABC 13 Action News Toledo. Witnesses George Floyd mural at Summit and LaGrange destroyed by lightning strike. But I want to show you something. I want to show you a bit of what people are saying online in terms of some kind of divine intervention. Support for Black Lives Matter. The net support for Black Lives Matter is now lower than all of the previous year. And support, general support, is now at the same levels as it was four years ago. Over the past four years, Black Lives Matter support had been going up. And it peaked massively, like 55% after George Floyd died. And now it continues to fall and opposition is skyrocketing. That is not to say that Black Lives Matter is losing all of its support, but people are being polarized to an extreme degree. ABC 13 says, a mural honoring George Floyd erected at Summit and LaGrange in Toledo has collapsed. According to Toledo police, witnesses say it was destroyed by a lightning strike. 13 ABC's Doppler radar did show a lightning strike in that block at about 4.30 p.m. on Tuesday. 4.30 p.m. Okay, come on. I pulled up the weather. Between 12 p.m. and 6 p.m., it was just scattered clouds. So here's the story. Clouds just came in on a sunny day. They were scattered and they came together. Lightning strikes the mural and then they dissipate and the rain's gone. Now, okay, man, people are going to start taking that one for sure. Toledo police were seen outside the building, which used to house the mugshots bar, setting up tape around the pile of bricks that once formed the artwork. The mural was painted nearly one year to the date of its collapse. In July 2020, groups have held memorial services for Floyd in front of the mural, including on the one year anniversary of his death at the hands of Derek Chauvin. The building itself is structurally sound, according to a city of Toledo building inspector. The building's owner is working to clean up the bricks and tear down the rest of the mural wall. The city of Toledo has already released a statement on the mural saying they will work with the Arts Commission on planning for a new mural for the, for, or help the commission and the artist find a new location, adding that they were heartbroken to see artist David Ross's work collapse. All right, all right, all right. So a structurally sound building on a sunny day has a scattered storm appear, strike it with lightning, destroying it, and then immediately dissipate. I tell you, man. We must be living in some kind. I don't, I don't like the word simulation. When people talk about simulation theory. I'm like, you know, uh, Elon Musk says we could perhaps be living in a simulation by a more advanced species or whatever, or a race or something. And I'm like, that's just fancy talk for construct, constructed reality. I'm pretty sure religious folk have been believing that for thousands of years. I don't know about none of this divine intervention stuff. The reality is sometimes lightning strikes. Lightning strikes all the time. We only talk about it when it hits the George Floyd mural. But to hit a building that's structurally sound, you, you heard it. I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Well, we've got a lot of people on Twitter who are talking about this. One person tweeted, checkmate atheists. Another person with a quote from Deuteronomy. I am the Lord, your God. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above or on the earth beneath or in the water under the earth, you shall not worship them or serve them. I, I just got I just got to point out, there are a lot of people we have memorials for. There are, you know, you, you, you go to any city and you'll see like someone's face, like, you know, Mark Smith, and it'll be like 1987 to like 1999 or something. And you'll, you'll see the picture of like the kid and he died. They make murals for people all the time. Now to be fair, 
Putting up murals for somebody is very, very different from what they're doing with George Floyd. Putting up a statue in honor of, say, George Washington is very different from what's happening with George Floyd. I mean, they're building the man's statues. They're putting up his image everywhere, and he's not a good person. Perhaps that's what people think. To, to actually claim it's the false idol, I think, is a bit of a stretch. One Twitter user said, golden calf struck down. Worship false idols feel the wrath of God. I mean, interesting. When you put up the, the, the statue of, say, Thomas Jefferson, I mean, this is a guy who is revered for doing good things. I mean, he, he did bad things for the time, but ultimately set us on a course for expanding rights and doing better. George Floyd was chewing on a speedball, which is meth and fentanyl, I think it's meth and fentanyl, in, in a car behind the wheel. He, he could have put people's lives at risk. And all of a sudden, he has murals and statues popping up all over the place. That's creepy, man. One user said, one Twitter person said, for all those people that don't believe in God because they need a sign, well, here's your sign. What do you think the BLM people are saying? Do you think they're, they're claiming that this is a, an act of God? Check out the latest. Let's go into the polls. All right, let's go into the polls. Here we go. Civics. When Derek Chauvin was convicted, support for Black Lives Matter actually went down. And I know why. Or at least I can say, I believe I know why. But we'll get to that in a second. Take a look at this. You go all the way back to 2018. You can go back to 2018, April, 0% net support. It rises up to about 5%. Then in the beginning of January, 2020, it was at 9%. We see Brianna Taylor's death. It hits 11. It goes up. We then see the, the, the COVID data by race. It goes up. We then get George Floyd's death and it goes way up and it hits 24% net support. And then what happened? Riots. Everything starts tumbling down. People are outraged. Net support starts plummeting. There's, there's some context here. So just bear with me. Jacob Blake gets shot. Football players put his name on their helmets. This is a guy who had just assaulted a woman in her bed, disgustingly, and had her kids in his car about to flee. And he grabbed a knife and people were praising and honoring. I mean, these people have lost their way. You don't got to believe in God to think these people are absolutely on the dark path. Then you can see that after that, it plummeted again. Now you want to know why? In my opinion, after Derek Chauvin was convicted, support for Black Lives Matter, net support now falls to 3%. Regular people can see what's happening in places like Minneapolis. They can see what the aftermath of the George Floyd riots was. And I'm sure many people are now looking at that as a sign. They're looking at what happened. Regular people, maybe even not even staunch religious folks saying like, man, I don't know about all that. That freaks us out, right? It always does. When Derek Chauvin was on trial, you had Maxine Waters show up and say, if we don't get what we want, we'll come out and push even harder. And they were already smashing windows and burning buildings down. They'd, people had already died. 23 people died in these riots. She comes out and says, more. During the trial, riots erupted in Brooklyn Heights. It's, it's part of Miami, basically. I, I'm, I'm, it's part of Minneapolis, not Miami, a little bit north of Minneapolis. People were rioting. One of the jurors lived in that area. The jurors had to be escorted into the courthouse with police officers bearing machine guns because of the threat of violence against them. Some of the jurors expressed that they feared retaliation if they actually acquitted Derek Chauvin. You look at the evidence presented in court, and I think objective legal analysts were saying, there's no way this is going to fly. But it was political. The people in that trial turned back that verdict instantly. 
What do you think the regular, a regular person thinks? You can't trust the media for the most part, for the most part. Regular people can see through the BS. So, so support for BLM starts declining after Chauvin is convicted. You'd think it would go up. I mean, you have the video being played back to back to back every single day. The media was talking about Derek, Derek Chauvin, this bad guy. Yet people were turning on Black Lives Matter because they've said no to this. But let's show, let's show the general trend lines. Now, that was net support. So that's a combination of all support and opposition, etc. And it shows you the general uh, sentiment in this country. But it doesn't show the context of polarization. Because here's what matters. You look at the current level of support, 45%. And you go back to... 2018, and support was only at 39%. At the beginning of the year, support for Black Lives Matter was 42%. So general support is still higher right now than it was in January 2020 at 42%. But you see what happened? You've ignited anger in people. Two things occurred. You can see that the support started going up, and the people who didn't neither support nor oppose were like, whatever, slowly went up as well to about 25% before George Floyd was killed. And then all of a sudden, opposition spikes down, support goes way up, but then opposition starts rising. You know why? Almost immediately, riots erupted. And those who neither supported nor opposed started now opposing. And those who supported are now opposing. You have a combination of support and apathy combining into opposition to Black Lives Matter. And over the past year, it has, it has only been going up. Currently, opposition to Black Lives Matter is at 42%. In 2018, it was at 39%. Well, Black Lives Matter is still enjoying 45% support to 42% opposition with 11% saying abstain, basically. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. Arcseedkits.com. That's actually worrying. It's hyperpolarization. This is what leads people to ultimately, I don't know, man, start fighting in the streets, I guess. Things potentially uh, could get a lot worse. But I want to highlight the, 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 the aftermath of what's happened in, uh, with Black Lives Matter riots and where it brings us now, because I said something. I said I wasn't a fan of this uh, anti-riot bill in Florida because it makes it a felony to block streets. A lot of conservatives said, don't block streets. And I said, sure, no, I, I respect that. But a felony for doing it? 
look, when someone blocks a street, it's a misdemeanor. You come and you arrest them, make it a class A misdemeanor. You know, it's just like six months or it's up to a year in jail and like a $2,500 fine, depending on the state. I don't know what Florida does. In Illinois, that's what it is. So make it a class A misdemeanor. Don't destroy someone's life or standing in a street for protest. And they said, people shouldn't be blocking these streets. It's obstruction. I said, okay, okay. I hear the argument. I get it. I just have a differing opinion. The issue is, I think too many people viewed that through the lens of Black Lives Matter. And they didn't realize other protests exist as well. Now, to be fair, we got the story. Newsweek says Ron DeSantis' anti-BLM protest law backfires with Cuban-American protests. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. How is it backfiring? I will say this. I don't think those protesting in support of Cuba should have felonies for standing in solidarity with those who would challenge a communist dictatorship. However, they shouldn't be blocking streets. But that's why I think a misdemeanor is fine. You say, guys, we, we get it. You're mad about the, the Castro regime and the new president, the Communist Party, and you want to show your support. But why disrupt Miami and Tampa? Stand out, do your rally, have the media see you, let the people of Cuba know you support them, but don't shut down roads to do it. You're not mad at the United States. You're happy with the United States. Now what? Are they going to give these people felonies? That's not appropriate. When Black Lives Matter comes out and they stand in the street, I do not think they should get felony charges for this. I don't agree with them. I think we are seeing something uh, uh, just very strange, you know, call it a coincidence, call it whatever you want. Uh, sure. But I think when you look at this stuff, you got to recognize we don't always agree on what is right and what is wrong. And there's going to be a lot of protests. There's going to be a lot of movements. And some will agree with and some we won't. For Black Lives Matter to go out and block a street, I say, keep it proportional. When they want to throw bricks, give them the felonies. When they're throwing bricks and smashing things and, and, and attacking people, you give them their felonies for, for riot, destruction, gang violence, all that stuff. But when it's a bunch of regular people, regardless of their ideology, walking through the streets or blocking the streets, you come in, you tell them to get off the streets, you arrest those who won't, they get slap on the wrist charges, and, they can, and you escalate. Someone who's never committed a crime, they say, okay, we're going to give you obstructing a roadway. It's a you know, misdemeanor. We're going to give you disorderly conduct. Instead, they can look at felonies. Newsweek reports, Cuban-American protesters shut down a section of the Palmetto Expressway in Miami, Florida on July 13th to demonstrate unity towards the unrest taking place in Cuba. We said we have to stop. And we have to stop on the Palmetto. That's where we're going to get attention for the people. These are Cuban-Americans. These are Cubans. People are suffering on the island. They're dying. And it's not because of COVID. They're dying because they're killing them. And for the first time in 60 years, that island has flipped upside down. They said that Camagüey has been taken over by the Cuban people. On April 29th, Ron DeSantis signed an anti-riot bill in the wake of the George Floyd riots. The bill states that protesters could be arrested if a gathering could be considered a riot, also deems blocking a freeway as a felony and gives full immunity to persons who drive through protesters that are blocking roadway if they're fleeing violence. DeSantis received a considerable amount of pushback from Democrats who felt that the bill was unfair and targets black and brown communities disproportionately. That is the most insane lie. Lie. Nowhere in the bill did it say it was going after minorities. It's a lie. That's, that's the game they play. Upon signing the bill, DeSantis stated the bill is needed to protect Florida residents. Just think about it. You're driving home from work and all of a sudden you have people out there shutting down a highway. We worked hard to make sure that didn't happen in Florida. They start to do that. There needs to be swift penalties. The bill protects monuments from being torn down. So, so we, we, we know that. We know that. I don't think 
the police are going to go around and arrest all of these pro-Cuba demonstrators anyway, so they're not going to face charges. But that's, it's, that's the thing you got to consider. I will say, man, watching what's been going on with the left, it has felt rather biblical in a certain sense. I don't mean like actual Christianity. I just mean like, man, we are watching evil rot and, and decay destroy the system. The left says the same thing about Trump, but Trump's just some kind of symptom of the pushback of the rage to try and stop the rot and the decay within our system. We have a Navy now, it's been reported, that has, had his prior, has prioritized diversity over actual combat training. We are being weakened from the inside out. You have people putting up monuments to a felon. I mean, I think he's a felon. He's a criminal, a guy at the very least who was committing felonies, chewing on these drugs and having drugs in his system, like serious amounts of these drugs. I'm not happy he lost his life, but come on. You have people who are worshiping vice and not virtue while they claim to be espousing virtue, but they're intolerant, hate-filled, angry, entitled. It is a decay. I think about what is good and uh, what is, what is and, and I think protecting, protecting the earth and protecting life, I think being responsible, being self-sustainable, helping that equilibrium. Humans aren't good at a lot of that. Seems like things have just been getting worse and worse. I know that story of Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, and I wonder if there ever is going to be some kind of biblical reckoning on the corruption of these cities as they grow and fester and engage in, just call it vice, you know. Now, I certainly believe in freedom. I believe people have a right to, in, uh, to be free, to do what they want, to pursue happiness. And some people pursue happiness in ways that other people don't, which is why I respect BLM protests, so long as they're actually protests. That's why I say we should let them protest. Blocking a street civil disobedience, okay, you got there, you do it, you get arrested, and we take you to jail, and you get out, and you're gonna have to pay fines, and there'll be jail time if you keep doing it, things like that. But now, man, it's kind of the point where they, they lie every day. The media just lies about everything. They smash windows. They call it peaceful. There's a building being burnt to the ground and destroyed, and they call it peaceful. I don't believe in the Christian religion. I do believe in God, however. And I view our sort of purpose on, uh, in existence is to collect energy and organize it in various ways. It's a very simple way of explaining it. It's what all life basically does from self-replication to manipulation of the environment to then humans creating abstract thought. We take free energy and we organize it into more complex systems. Granted, entropy always seems to win out in the end, but it does feel like life serves a function. When I see life on a large scale begin doing the opposite, destroying and ripping things apart, being a fire or a rot. It worries me that this portion of life is acting against the natural order, I guess you could call it. I'm not saying humans have to follow any natural order or anything like that. You can just see that trees grow. They absorb energy from the sun. They absorb carbon dioxide from the air and nutrients from the soil, and they grow and they expand, and they become more and more complicated. They create big forests. Humans build things. But then you have these people on the left that destroy things. They're deconstructing language. They're deconstructing ideas. They are the antithesis 
of everything human life and life on this planet has been doing for some time from rampant destruction. They claim to be environmentalists, but they're the ones who live in these big cities that are committing all the pollution. They destroy language. They destroy abstract thought. They destroy the environment. They destroy buildings. They destroy creation. Something about that. So when I see a lightning strike, I don't know about no simulism or God or divine whatever, but it certainly gives me pause to say the very least. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Rioting has erupted across France after the French government, Emmanuel Macron, announced a new plan to require vaccine passports or negative COVID tests to go out to cafes, bars, etc. Regular people in France are protesting, saying that this is effectively mandatory vaccination. People like to go out and have coffee and eat at cafes. I'll tell you this, if you've, if you've never been to France, the one thing they do is these little cafes everywhere. Because people come out, they sit down, it's communal, you enjoy a coffee, some bread, maybe some mess cargot, if they have it. But now with this new plan, they wouldn't be able to unless they keep getting negative tests or get the vaccine. So effectively, it's soft power to require vaccines. We've heard something similar in the US that Joe Biden won't be implementing vaccine passports, but he will be supporting local businesses that do. This is where several Republican states become particularly important, notably in Florida, where they've banned outright the use of vaccine passports. Don't think it could happen here? Well, it could. Norwegian Cruise Line is suing Florida over their ban on vaccine passports. And perhaps they could even get it taken to the federal level, which would be interesting if the cruise line has stops in other parts of the United States or other U.S. territories, which sometimes they do, maybe going to the U.S. Virgin Islands or something like that. And then they can say, if you ban this, we can't operate our business at all, which could create problems for that business, which could result in a court saying you can't do this. Now, as for the vaccines themselves, I always say this. Talk to a medical professional that's right for you. If you don't like their opinion, get a second opinion. But I don't know your medical history, which is why I'll never recommend you to do anything. I'm not here to tell you what you should or shouldn't do outside of talking to a doctor, because I don't want to be sued by you if you do something dumb. It's really that simple. YouTube doesn't either. But here's what else I want to do. I want to talk about this news, what might be happening in Florida, how this could come to the U.S. I'm also going to go over uh, the, the, the COVID rules that YouTube has to explain why Actually, I agree with the sentiment of some, some of their rules, but I very much disagree with their implementation because they don't even allow people to talk about certain studies. Now, that's just outright crazy. YouTube recently told me, OK, you can mention, mention these Oxford studies on ivermectin so long as you say they're not approved for U.S. use uh, to, to treat COVID. I'll show you their rules. The censorship is a problem. Vaccine passports, in my opinion, are a very serious problem. I'll, I'll give you a really just a very basic example right now. Maybe you're not familiar with my content. Maybe someone shared this video with you and you're skeptical. There, there are people I know who have gone to the doctor and the doc. Uh, so uh, one one person I know got the vaccine. I can't remember which one. Uh, someone, someone we had, I think, on the IRL podcast, actually. And they had a mild reaction. Like it wasn't really bad. You know, people have adverse reactions. Like that just means you might get a sore, a sore arm or fatigue. You might feel like you're getting sick. But the doctor advised they not get the follow up because the reaction was leaning towards severe and they were concerned about what might happen. So this person is not fully vaccinated. That means if you implement vaccine passports, this person can't go to these events. So many of these institutions are saying, OK, a negative COVID test, but it's also creating a very serious burden on a lot of people. It's a tough call, right? 
Private businesses do have a right to do what they want. But I think the problem is if it scales up to major institutions, if you can't go to the DMV, if you can't go to schools, if you can't function in society, you're effectively creating second class citizens. And for many of these people, they're not anti-vaxxers. That's what you need to understand. There are a lot of people that just outright are anti-vax and we get it. There are a lot of people right now that are actually pro-vaccine, but question the, 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 the speed or, or I should say the emergency use authorization and things like that. OK, fine. Always talk to a doctor first and, and make sure they go through your medical history and you get some sound advice. But there are uh, many people who are pro-vaccine, but were advised by their doctor not to get the vaccine for uh, some counterindication, some aller- potential allergies. And now these people aren't allowed to go on a cruise. And now these people aren't allowed to, aren't allowed to go to these shows at Madison Square Garden. That's right. You might say the cruise offers, okay, you can get a negative test. But what about the Madison Square Garden, the Foo Fighters played? You couldn't even go see it unless you, had full, you were fully vaccinated. What about the fans whose doctor said no? This is why I think a lot of these French people are protesting. Reuters reports. Dozens of French police used tear gas to disperse a protest against President Emmanuel Macron's plan to require a COVID-19 vaccine certificate or negative PCR test to gain entry to bars, restaurants and cinemas from next month. Macron this week announced sweeping measures to fight a rapid surge in new COVID infections, including the mandatory vaccination of health workers and new health pass rules for the wider public. In doing so, He went further than most other European nations have done as the highly contagious Delta variant fans a new wave of cases, and other governments are watching carefully to see how the French public responds. I got another story for you. It seems like the Delta Delta variant is potentially serious. Now, still, I'm not here to tell you what you should do with your life. I'm just here to present you with the information. There is a former TV personality who apparently got very sick even though she was fully vaccinated. And this is one of the reasons I want to pull up the YouTube rules for you. YouTube's rules explicitly state you can't tell people there's a guaranteed way to prevent COVID. That includes vaccines. No joke. I'll show you the rules. Anyway, let's read on. They say the police stepped in shortly after scores of protesters marched down a boulevard in central Paris on Wednesday without permission from the Paris authorities. Some wore badges saying no to the health pass. A Reuters witness saw a column of police vans and riot police block off one street. Some critics of Macron's plan, which will require shopping malls, cafes, bars and restaurants to check the health passes of all patrons from August, accuse the president of trampling on freedoms and discriminating against those who do not want the COVID shot. Macron says the vaccine is the best way to put France back on the path to normalcy and that he is encouraging as many people as possible to get inoculated. Wednesday's protest took place on Bastille Day the anniversary of the 1789 storming of the medieval fortress in Paris, which marked the turning point in the French Revolution. Among other proposals in the government's draft bill is the mandatory isolation for 10 days for anyone who tests positive, with police making random checks. French media reported the prime minister's office did not respond when asked to confirm the detail. So imagine you go to a mall and they say you can't come in. So like, right, I guess I'll go get a test somewhere. You're totally asymptomatic. You get a test. It comes back positive. Now you are legally obligated to go isolate yourself for 10 days. How do you work? What will you do? It's going to further cause massive damage to the economy when you have large percentages of people who you know are sick, staying off work like for, for 10 days, mind you. Now, I got to admit, you know, what really bothers me when people show up to work sick. All right. Look, 
I guess if you're working hourly, it's a problem. You should get paid sick leave 100%. I'm totally for that. I think we should have paid sick leave. I'm all for parental leave. I am I am 120% behind government supported parental leave, however you want to say it. I know, yeah, a lot of people are like, Tim's right wing. No, I'm pretty left wing on this one. Mothers and fathers should be able to spend time with their kids. Absolutely. So I'm, 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 I'm all in favor. I tell people like, you want to come work here and you're going to have a kid. We're going to make sure you have time for your family because family comes first. And I want people, you know, who want to work here, who I, I trust to be passionate about their projects. And if they're like, I want to be with my kid today. Yeah, do it to it, man. Make sure you're, you're, you're showing your kid what you're doing too. I'm all about that. Working remote, of course, makes it easier than a lot of jobs. But anyway, I think that's very, very important. But I digress. We're not talking about parental leave. We're talking about sick leave. Bro, don't come to work sick. I don't want to get sick. If you're sick, stay home. So France will, I believe they do. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. I think they do have, you know, sick pay. If you're sick, it's guaranteed or whatever. But this still means that there will be less things being produced in the long run, which could be very, very bad for the economy. Well, it's not France's first foray into hitting, hurting their economy for government policy. We saw the Yellow Vests protests and what happens there. Now, you may be saying to yourself, it can't happen here. I'm sure a lot of people are actually saying, here it comes, because it might. Florida being sued over their vaccine passport ban. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Line is saying they need to keep their passengers safe, so they need the ability to do this. Political reports, Norwegian Cruise Line on Tuesday sued Florida's Surgeon General over a state law prohibiting cruise ships from requiring passengers to show proof of COVID-19 vaccination, marking the latest development in Florida's battle with the cruise ship industry. Norwegian Cruise Line filed a lawsuit against Surgeon General Scott Rivkes, also the head of the Florida Health Department, claiming that the state's ban on vaccine verification poses imminent, substantial, irreparable harms to the company. The cruise line is also seeking a preliminary injunction that it would allow to begin checking passengers' vaccination status, thus allowing the company's ships to set sail in compliance with CDC guidelines. More importantly, this is a conundrum. If the cruise line wants to go to, say, the Bahamas, and the Bahamas say, you can only come here if you have proof all of your passengers have been vaccinated, then the company's effectively screwed. But there you go, man. If other countries want to implement these rules, I think they should be absolutely allowed to. We are not those countries. We're the United States. And the states have sovereign authority. So if Florida says we're not going to allow this, then so be it. I respect that. It does create problems for many businesses, however. They're going to say, Norwegian Cruise Line, quote, is duty bound to protect the health and safety of its personnel and passengers, as NCLH can and will by requiring proof of vaccinations. Yet NCLH cannot afford to expose itself to prosecution by Florida and crushing penalties of, uh, penalties of up to $5,000 per passenger, as it would be requiring vaccine documentation in the present posture. Governor Ron DeSantis' administration said on Tuesday, the company has made the disappointing and unlawful choice to join the CDC in discriminating against children and other individuals who cannot be vaccinated or who have opted not to be vaccinated for reasons of health, religion, or conscience. That's a very important point. Bro, I'm not exaggerating when I say, uh, I always want to make sure we get this, we get this across because there's people that are on all sides, very, very serious, adamant. They know what's true and correct. The left screaming for vaccines, elements of the right screaming, you know, against vaccines. We've had many conservative guests on the Tim Cassero podcast who have gotten the vaccines and said they had no side effects and they were totally fine. We've had some guests who said they haven't gotten the vaccine and we just, okay. And we've had some people who said they were advised by their doctor not to. 
I believe we were talking to someone whose wife was they're planning on having a kid. And the doctor was like, then you probably have to wait. I think Crowder mentioned something like that uh, in one of his videos. These people should be discriminated against. How do you create this system? It makes no sense. It let I don't know, man. They go on to say, during the COVID-19 pandemic, Florida legislators approved a law barring vaccine requirements for many businesses with the threat of a $5,000 fine per violation. The DeSantis administration later sued the CDC, claiming the agency overstepped its authority when it put in place federal guidelines for the cruise industry. In June, U.S. District Judge Stephen Meriday sided with the DeSantis administration and temporarily blocked the CDC from enforcing its restrictions. They say Norwegian Cruise Line has requested a judge schedule a hearing on the matter. That date has not yet been set. I'm going to show you something that you'll, you'll probably uh, uh, laugh about. Take a look at this. From Miriam Webster, the definition of anti-vaxxer, a person who opposes vaccination or laws that mandate vaccination. That's absolutely incredible. That's not the definition of anti-vaxxer. The definition of anti-vaxxer, when you pull it up on Google, is someone who chooses not to get vaccinated or, or, or someone who doesn't want to get vaccinated or doesn't want their kids to get vaccinated. Typically, anti-vaxxers have been seen as people who have a general disdain for all vaccines. What happens when you're pro-vaccine, but you're just, you know, doctor says you can't get it. They're going to call you an anti-vaxxer because you say man- mandatory vaccines are not okay. What if you are going around knocking on doors, advocating for your neighbors, please get the vaccine because, you know, my doctor said I can't do it. And I want to make sure everybody at least talks to their doctor to see if they can. They're going to call you an anti-vaxxer. That's insane. Very insane. Now, take a look at this story. I mean, this 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 one, I think, is important. The pandemic is very much not over. Former E! News host Kat Sadler, 46, reveals she's sick with COVID-19 despite being fully vaccinated and warns about relentless Delta variant from her sickbed. Could it be that the vaccines are not guaranteed ways to prevent COVID? The YouTube rules say that's the case, basically. Could it be that she's got a variant? It could be. They say, The 46-year-old former uh, E! News host who lives in L.A. posted a selfie from her sickbed on Tuesday and explained she contracted COVID while caring for someone who had COVID and who was not vaccinated. I'm telling you this so you understand the pandemic is very much not over. Delta is relentless and highly contagious and grabbed a hold of me even after getting vaccinated. Sadler, who did not share when she received the COVID shot, admitted that she assumed she would be fine because she herself was fully vaccinated, insisting that she also wore a face mask during the time she was in contact with the person she was caring for. She also wanted to add that her, 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 her symptoms actually pretty serious. She added the unvaccinated people who are not covering their mouth and nose, also putting those around them at risk. Let me see if I can. Uh, I'm not sure where, where they mention it, but they want to mention that her, her symptoms are, are serious fatigue. She doesn't want to get out of bed. She's feeling, you know, really, really sick, headaches, heart throbbing. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Two days of a fever now, head throbbing, extreme congestion, even some weird pus coming out of my eye. Serious fatigue, no energy to even leave the bed, she wrote. I hope she's drinking water. I hope she's talking to her doctors. The last thing you want is for someone to get dehydrated, not get up. And there are people who have had very serious complications from COVID. So, man, take it seriously. I know there's a lot of people, you look at the data, I posted a chart showing the, the age of people who have died, uh, um, deaths from COVID by age. Almost all of the deaths are over the age of like 64. And I think it's 0.4% under the age of 40. 
That doesn't mean we want any of those people to die. And that's kind of the point. That's why they kept saying, you're killing grandma. Because even though you're young and you're probably fine, you know, the boomers can get sick. Look, we can joke about boomers all day and night. We don't want people to get sick and die. All right. However, you can see the insanity. I posted just the chart. I didn't even say anything. I was just like, wow, here's interesting data. And then I got a bunch of weird lefties posting like, Tim Pool wants old people to die. And I'm like, I, I never said anything. I just posted the data with no comment. I just posted a screenshot and people lost their minds. That, my friends, is very, very strange. Now I'll tell you the, the problem. The problem of YouTube. COVID-19 medical misinformation policy. Here, sh- check this out. Check this out. You cannot, you can, here's what you can't do. You can't say anything, any content that discourages people from consulting a medical professional or seeking medical advice. Now, you may understand why I always say, go talk to your own doctor. I genuinely think you should. I genuinely do not want to be sued by some moron who does something dumb and then says, Tim Pool told me to do it. Now, I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm telling you to go talk to your doctor. That's right. That's not I want to get banned, but let's be real. I also say I'm not giving financial advice when I'm talking about Bitcoin because I don't want to get sued when you put all your money in some stupid scheme and lose it all. All right. So don't take advice from me on anything. Go to the doctor and go to financial advisors, not some dude on the Internet. I'll tell you my opinions. I'll show you the information and I'll give you some thoughts about it. And then it's up to you to go and follow through. But here's the problem. They say you can't post content that discourages people from consulting a medical professional. They also say you cannot claim that any medication or vaccination is a guaranteed prevention method for COVID-19. Content that promotes prevention methods that contradict local health authorities or who claims that there is a guaranteed prevention method for COVID-19. Okay. Isn't that discouraging people from going to the doctor or from getting vaccinated? If you if if, if YouTube expects me to say to people there's no guarantee wouldn't that discourage them? You see the double-edged sword? You see the paradox? There's, there's nothing you can do. If they want to ban you, they will. So that's why I just say, look, you talk to your doctor, man. It's the best I can say. And apparently, I can't tell you that the vaccinations are a guaranteed method of prevention. I actually think this was drafted by a lawyer. And that's, that's, that's why it's kind of funny and contradictory in some regards. Because YouTube is basically just concerned about their exposure if people do dumb things. I really think that is a big issue. A lot of people think it's a big conspiracy and all that stuff. I certainly think the Democrats won't let a good crisis go to waste. I certainly think Google has its extreme biases, but I think this was written up by a lawyer. They go on to mention, you can't recommend ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine. You can't claim that they're effective treatments. I'll tell you this, man. It shouldn't even mention those specifically. It should, it should say, you shouldn't recommend anything. I mean, look, if people want to give their opinions on efficacy based on studies, YouTube should not be banning that. That is up. That's crazy. Now, I don't, I don't want to do that because, like I said, I, I don't want to get sued. But they got a big list of crazy rules. And the crazy thing is some of these, I can't, I can't, I can't go into greater detail, but some of this is medical misinformation. They say claims that wearing a mask is dangerous or causes negative physical health effects. You can't tell people that. There is in... Google's rules, medical misinformation. That's why I think it was written by a lawyer. They don't actually care about what the science or the studies show, what the scientific debate is. They just say, here's what you can't say or why. Now, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say what I just said because I'm contradicting their rules, but the rules themselves are contradictory. So I'll just put it this way. I don't, I don't know. I don't do the research studies. 
I interviewed Dr. Chris Martinson on Timcast IRL, and we pulled up some studies that contradicted what he said. Then we pulled up some studies that, you know, um, agreed with what he said. So ultimately, I'm just like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm just a dude, right? I'm a media guy. I look at the media. I look at technology. I'm a technology and media guy. I worked for these news companies. I know how the manipulation works. I was in hacker, hacker spaces, and I worked with people who are social engineers. I've seen this manipulation. I've seen the technology. I can tell you about that. When it comes to medical stuff, when it comes to your health, I can't. So I can only look at these rules and kind of say, based on the things I've read, I disagree with some of these things. But ultimately, the question is whether or not we're going to have a sound discussion, whether or not we're actually going to solve these problems, or whether or not they're going to get worse. I actually think that it's because of Google and their rules that things are getting worse. You have these big companies that basically say conversation is not allowed, and thus people become distrustful. They say, I don't believe what I see on Google because Google suppresses information. There are people who say, why should I trust you, Tim? You're only saying what will stop you from getting banned. You won't say things because YouTube will ban you. Partly true. It is. But we absolutely talk about stuff on TimCast.com that YouTube doesn't allow us to talk about. We have that on our own website away from YouTube. Yeah, sooner or later, YouTube will change its rules and ban us for those things as well. The point is, I might not say certain things, but I will say them on my website. And I will tell you this, I legit think you shouldn't be getting advice from people in media. Man, I got, I, I got a friend who believes some of the dumbest stuff in the world, and I just can't believe it because he watches too much crazy crackpot ancient alien stuff. And I'm like, dude, this is just absurd. Look, I've never gone to outer space. I've never seen the, the planet from afar. I've only seen photos. However, I've seen the curvature of the earth from very, very high up. Like you can actually go really high up and see it. Or, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Whatever, whatever. Maybe I never did. I don't know. The point is, I don't think the earth is flat. You know, it's just, it's, <laughs> some people just go online and they believe crazy stuff. I'm not going to pretend to have absolute truth behind me. If I haven't seen the evidence, I can't assert something is true. So it's funny when people say Tim Pool's on every side of the issue. No, I'm just on neither side. I can come out and say, Donald Trump said X and the Democrats said Y. So it's entirely possible that X is true. But if you consider Y, maybe Y is reality because I'm not telling you what is true. I'm just showing you what people say or, or, or what the rules are or what the news is reporting. You needed to decide for yourself based on what is being presented. I will give you some opinions in one direction or another or tell you what some people think. I'm not going to tell you what you should or shouldn't do. You know why? I believe in personal responsibility. I also don't want to be responsible for you because we live in a litigious country. Anyway, I digress. I think vaccine passports very much will find their way here. So pay attention to that stuff. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.